Hey, welcome back to another Get Geekish podcast. I'm Bino. That's Derek over there. Thanks so much for joining us uh, the weeks that we do this, which is most weeks-ish. Uh, but we're going to talk about, you know, Ant-Man Quantumania because we both saw it on opening week. And uh, we're going to give you our thoughts because the critics and the reviews, uh, they're they're pretty split on this one. There's a, mm-hmm. lot of ba- there's a lot of bad and a lot of mediocre and some good. This is your spoiler alert. Yes, there there will be spoils in this podcast. So if you haven't seen it yet, pause it right now, go see it, come back. Yeah, or if you don't care, then hey, spoilers. You're not going to see it anyway. Then sure, yeah, we'll give you the spoilers now. But we don't want to be get upset at us for giving away any secrets or endings or spoiling something for them because that's not what we're here for. But we're here to talk about it in our very um, non. How am I going to put this guy? I'm just looking at some of the reviews from Ant Man and. From the exact same publications, there's reviews that are talking about how glowingly great it is, and then five days later, articles about what a trash pile of garbage it was. I'm like, who is paying you to write the one up front? And now who's paying you to write the one up front if you're having this, this big a difference of opinion on how a movie went? Like, Yeah, it seems to be a lot of review bombing going around in all spectrums of the mediums, you know, TV, be it movies, be it books, be it video games, be it music. They're, you know, if, if, if somebody doesn't agree with something, they're going to review bomb it. And I mean, we've seen it with video games too, where people haven't even played the game. The game isn't even out yet and people start review bombing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, you know, we've talked about kind of the superhero fatigue and I am glad that Marvel made the announcement that they're going to take a step back from their TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin, it was Kevin Fe- Feige or Feige or whatever. It was like, you know, we have too many shows. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you, yeah, no, way too many. And I, I love me some Marvel, but there's, there's too many TV shows to keep a track of right now. Well, especially going into what this is now phase five, four, five. They, they kind of blurred the lines between phase four and five. I don't think that's a real clear cut anything right <laughs> so you know you, uh, there's uh, to kind of understand what's going on with ant-man quantumania you need to watch loki season one because that'll help kind of with some things mm-hmm. of who you know hang the conqueror is and all that jazz but let's get into ant-man let's yeah, let's yeah. dive in but that's that's one of the things i liked about ant-man the fact that there are other things that will tie into it from loki and the mcu stuff like that but one plus I have to give it that the last few Marvel movies I've seen have not had was this movie more or less stands on its own. If you could walk into the movie and figure out what happens from beginning to end in the movie and know what's happened, know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It lost some of the other character and stuff, but there's a, hey, here's some characters. Here's some stuff that happens to the characters. Here's some conflict to the characters. Here's some resolution from the problem that you learned about in this movie. Like I, I give that because that was one of my biggest beefs with... Uh, Eternals and Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder is they were just to me it felt like it was just a whole bunch of stuff thrown on the screen and there wasn't even a point to all of it like why was this a, a movie it sounds like you were just like <laughs> throwing out ideas for a TV plot and then threw it all into two hours and called it good <laughs> yeah Love Love and Thunder was definitely a huge letdown it had some moments but I would definitely say that's probably one I'm not going to watch again mm-hmm. um, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness was hyped up beyond belief and we've we've covered this one in a previous podcast of you know how it let us down but you kind of have to have watch wandavision to go into that 
and kind of understand what's going on with that. And even then, it, they, they didn't really bring in the multiverses. Loki set up with he who, you know, he who remains. They didn't really acknowledge him as Kang the Conqueror yet. You know, they kind of hinted at it. And then, you know, obviously at the end of Loki, there's the multiverse splits off. Right. And they kind of show that. And that's why I thought Dr. Strange was going to acknowledge it. It didn't at all. Yeah. Just didn't. And so much. <laughs> at, at least with this, you get more of Kang the Conqueror. And what the, I forgot the actor's name. I just forgot it. Uh, John, John, why? Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. right. <laughs> you keep Any, I'll look at the name. Anyway, he is fantastic. I would say he steals this movie. Like him as Kang, and obviously, you know, this movie is setting up the new Kang dynasty, and it's going to be the next threat that the Avengers have to battle, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to. S- Jonathan Majors. I, I Jonathan. like three interviews with him yesterday. I'm like, his name. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I totally <laughs> forgot it. But he, he definitely stole the movie. Mm-hmm. And anybody, if, if you've been into the comics lore, I I thought it was hilarious. This of <clears throat> we'll give you some spoilers right now for it. The scene towards the end when it shows all the Kangs together. Mm-hmm. I heard outside of the theater when I watched it, three or four different middle aged groups of people complaining about it because yeah, have to be a rocket scientist to say what goes on in these movies anymore. Who are all these characters? Blah blah. That was just ridiculous. Like just complaining about this on the end, but. That particular scene, then when it shows them all in the theater, is mm-hmm. like a spot for spot redepiction of an actual comic scene that happens, like the most perfect way you could have put it from a comic book page to a screen. That that scene was shot just like that, and with the idea of what the King King Wars, uh, I forget what they call that, actually come about. I'm I'm excited to see where they go as long as they can make it coherent enough to be in a movie to make sense. Because when you're reading comics, you can let a few more things fly because readers, you can put little side notes that will explain what something is. Mm-hmm. They haven't forgot how to do that in movies. If they can figure out a way to cool way to do that in movies, that might be Marvel's savior. Well, and then the, it's funny that you mentioned that because at the, the other end credits scene... Mm-hmm. Shows shows him in what nineteen something or eighteen something, and in the audience is Loki and Owen Wilson, right mm-hmm. in the TV TVA or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a fun tie-in, setting up for Loki season two type of thing. And after that aired, somebody's like, we sat through the theater for that. I was like, obviously, you don't watch the show. <laughs> that one was that. I'll, I'll agree. Like you and I have sat through some Marvel movies, and they do the spoiler. Like that was fun, but really. Like, you know, Bruce Campbell punching himself and then stopping at the end. I'm like, okay. But this, I feel like, was actually some substance, something to, you know, chew teeth on. I got to watch for that. Because if you watch Loki into this, then you know that whatever Kang you saw before and the Kang you saw now is not necessarily the same Kang that you're looking at now. It's it's exciting. And And that's what cracks me up, too. Like the, the you say, in the old people, the middle aged people bitching about it, you know, because and I am one of those middle aged people that complains about stuff too, so I feel like I can I can rail them. <laughs> yeah, but it, well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's funny about it is throughout the whole movie, he talked about how there was more than him. Mm-hmm. That was a huge plot point of it. So them being like, they have to make no sense is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am gonna 
pick your brain about this. I saw, I didn't read the review, but I saw a review where somebody was saying that it was Kang is the perfect setup. The Kang dynasty is the perfect setup for the next Avengers thing, but wasn't the right villain villain for Quantumania. What are your thoughts? Um, I could see somebody making that argument, but at the same point, this particular king was in the quantum, so I feel like it was a great way to introduce how the fact there are thousands of other kings and thousands of her universes. Mm-hmm. Because if you follow this, the storyline for the Avengers and King that's coming for it, this king getting axed is now clearing the way for the others to come forward and do what they're going to do for it. And I, I, I don't, I don't see why that's such a problem for people to be a part of it. Like, it was, it wasn't the right villain because Jonathan Majors was a super stoic. Like, every time he speaks, you feel emotion coming off of the screen. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd and everyone else were doing like '80s one-liner quips, so yeah. there was a little like uh, disconnect there. But I thoroughly enjoy having my my neck snap back and forth between jovial haha sight gags and serious angry actor wanting to destroy your future. But <laughs> I I am so excited. So one thing that he kept, you know, that was a prominent thing throughout the movie too that he mentioned, and then obviously. When Paul Rudd was doing the end exposition mentioned that something bigger was coming. Is he talking about the multiples of him or is he talking about Galactus? He's talking about the multiples of him. I wonder if they're going to work Galactus into it. But from what I understand, and I don't know if Marvel's following what I know of the comics or which universe in the comics, because even that's confusing. What he said was what's coming. And he said, I am because it's all of the other Kangs that are going to be ruling other multiverses. Right. But then he did that whole, he sees, you know, the time ends and I know how this ends. And it just, he made it sound really ominous. I was like, are they, are they using Galactus right now? Like they very well could be, I would be excited if they did to make Galactus something better than a cloud. Like, Fox did. Um. <laughs> well, and it wasn't that some speculation in Eternals as well as well that Galactus was going to show up in that, or like because they what wasn't the beings kind of looking like Galactus? And I didn't watch Eternals. <laughs> so. Well, the Celestials already kind of look like Galactus. Like Galactus's armor is based off of what the Celestials look like. I think in the comics. Okay, I, I believe. Call me out if I'm wrong. Let me know. I'd get geekish. <laughs> right. Um, but. I, I'm wondering about that too because he's like <clears throat> on par or above the Eternals on, on what his power is and he's coming around and maybe Kang could be a way that he comes into existence or maybe he comes in to stop what Kang's doing or maybe Kang's trying to stop what he's doing. But I, I, I mean, if they, they can pull Galactus into it and make it meaningful, that would be a great jump into an Avengers movie. Well, and the thing, too, is that obviously we know that they're kind of setting up the new Avengers, right? You have um, Scott Lang's daughter, which I didn't even realize that they recast her until I read an article where, you know, the one from Endgame, she found out she was recast from a Disney investors meeting. So that's that's got to (laughs) suck. And then you obviously have the you know cherry is the new black panther and you have iron heart showing up in the new black panther and then you have um miss marvel right 
and you have America Chavez, you have Hawkeye's daughter, or not daughter, but um, Kate Bishop. Hmm. So you kind of have they're I like what they're doing with building up to the new Avengers. But I'm curious to see how it's all going to come together. Yeah, because again, this is different universe, like different movies and TV shows combining. My my big fear of all this, and we'll get back to some more Ant Man talk here because we promised. Uh, my big fear is that they're going to try and throw them into New Avengers and expect the same buy-in and cohesion for it, uh-huh. because. All the characters you mentioned, yeah, we've seen little clips of them, but there haven't been any groundwork, and most of them are characters that most people don't know. When the Avengers came out, most people had heard of Captain America or the whole right. Iron Man had a little vision. But you go in there and you start telling the average consumer about She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and Ironheart and America Chavez, and they're going to look at you like, what, the, what are you talking about? So there's absolutely no buy-in from the general populace going to see movies and none of them have gotten their full due of having an origin story as the forefront of a movie. They've right. been along for the ride. America Chavez was along for the ride and showed up for absolutely no reason in Dr. Strange. Nobody knows anything about it. She's just there. Ironheart is in the movie and she was a smart college girl that built an Iron Man suit. It's not much of an origin story, but okay, it's there. Ant-Man's daughter was Ant-Man's daughter and she's, smarter than every nuclear scientist we have on earth right now but there's there's no there's no built-in backstory to any of them that people have to fall back on so i get worried they're like oh you guys know who all these characters because you've seen them before right well guess what it's the new super team you should love them all like <laughs> i think the only person that's like legit got a backstory is kate bishop from the hawkeye tv series which was yeah, mediocre it was it was entertaining but eh. but i mean that's entertaining what, for what it was <laughs> But that's what it, that's. I mean, Ant Man. If you're going, well, you guys are talking about Ant Man. Ant Man sets all this up. You know, Kang is going to be the new baddie. We know that Iron Man's dead unless he comes in from a different universe. We know, you know, Captain America's old, and we have new Captain America, which is going to be in his own movie, which I'm so excited about to see how they kind of tie in with that. But I don't know. And I, I, I was talking about this the other day on, on my stream. It's just movies in general, even with superhero movies, I appreciate them. But this movie was nothing but a giant green screen. And I could not immerse myself in the world because it felt too ridiculous, right? There's humanoid looking creatures and everything like that that didn't really explain who they were. I mean, they just showed up. <laughs> Yeah, the reviews saying that this is the Star Wars of the Marvel Universe definitely feels like it. But the thing is, is like the past movies that we have where they go into the quantum realm, there's no evidence of life. You know, Jan- Janet Van Dyne doesn't talk about anything like that. You know, doesn't mention, oh, yeah, I survived because of this. You, know, you and I had this conversation before of like, how does she survive down there? You know, that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden they just kind of throw it at you and go, you're going to accept this. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that they gave. Go ahead. I was gonna say, maybe I'm overstating bounds here, but if I did something in another reality that killed billions of people, I feel like I'd need to talk about that with somebody at some point. Like I don't think right. I could or, just be like, oh yeah, oops. <laughs> or or you hooked up with a Bill Murray alien, and you know, it, it's it's one of those ones where you, especially they're talking about. There's been years since Ant Man two and this one, right? 
the conversation would come up, especially after Thanos so dusted a whole bunch of people that they came back. Oh, by the way, when I was in the quantum realm, there was a whole civilization down there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's one, that's one of my main problems with this movie is that they just throw you into this, that there's this whole, you know, ecosystem and everything like that. When we haven't really seen that before and you're just supposed to accept it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's it, just it was it was light in the story about that too, because seemingly everyone in the entire quantum realm knew who she was. Right. In reality, all she did was her and Kang alone used magic science to put his magic ball back together. How how is it then her fault? And everybody knows who she is. Did he wave her sign her? I'm like, hey, I'm gonna kill y'all. Just so you know, I can only do this. Janet Van Dyne fixes for me. You're all gonna die now. Here we go. Like. <laughs> Right. I, 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 again, you know, I understand, you know, it's one of those ones where you kind of have to suspend reality, but this one was a little hard to swallow. Cause I was just like, I know you guys have been to the quantum realm before you have talked about the quantum realm many times in different movies. And now all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, it's like a different planet. There's aliens and, or, you know, other beings. And some of them look human. Some of them don't, but don't worry. Don't question it. Don't question why that guy has a power of the sun as his head. You know, it's just like, (laughs) where did they come from? That's, that's my problem Two, my big beef with this movie. I was excited for MODOK, but they changed his origin story for no reason whatsoever. Just uh, I'm assuming just to introduce him and be done with it. You know, he used to be a scientist at AIM and then he was experimented on and then took over type of thing. They no mention that Two, They should have just kept his damn mask on the whole movie. Because every time he removed his helmet, that gaudy CGI with his head all stretched out, I was just like, he looks like a ball. Like, I just, I can't, I know like Modoc looks ridiculous as it is in any form of media, which mm-hmm. some of the reviews don't understand. Cause they're like, Oh, he's so bad. I'm like, he, he's a ridiculous character. I took it like the part that they did the, made him look like he's almost in a fishbowl. Like, yeah. like, okay, I can kind of see how this going. I was seeing, cause I was excited when the, I thought they were going to do Modoc in the, was it agent Carter? What when they should, they had the, went back into the, the, German times, and they had mm. the scientist that got into the computer, and you see that his face on the screen kind of blurred. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, they're gonna make him into Modoc, and they they never did. It was the Red Skull's little henchman scientist guy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, 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 he he looked a little ridiculous. But for like you said, what he was in the comics, there's no way they would be able to have a long-standing character of Modoc in the MCU and have it be worthwhile for anybody. They might as well bring Mojo in if they're gonna start doing that. Like. <laughs> Well, I feel like they could have saved him for a little bit later on. I mean, just I feel like they tried too hard just to introduce him to say, look, we have MODOK. I mean, they they we know that they tweak origin stories, right? Marvel has liberties to do that and everything like that. But this one was just way out of left field because like I was excited when I saw the preview. I was like, oh, MODOK's in it. He, you know, when he has his mask on, he looks like MODOK. I was, I was really excited. And then the way they like came to be in the quantum realm and everything, I was like, Okay, I, I can kind of kind of go with that. But here you go too. This could also be Modoc from an alternate reality that got into the quantum realm that got on for it. Right. I could very easily have three movies later. They've got the real Modoc from our universe coming, and then ends up being the AIM scientist, something like that. 
But um, I I just got a kick out of the everybody's reactions to him when they found out who he was. Darren? <laughs> Darren? What the hell happened? <laughs> it's every not Darren, it's Modoc. <laughs> every time he comes on screen and does that, it's just like this that's that's pretty solid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My I didn't I didn't warn my wife about Modoc. So when he was on the screen and took off his mask and it showed his ball face mm. she let out the loudest audible laugh and was the only one in the theater and i was just like yeah, that's my dog like he looks ridiculous it's like it doesn't matter what form of media he's in if it's car marvel versus capcom a video game a comic a tv show it's it's ridiculous yeah yeah he's he's a little off, off kilter there but i mean it, you know now there's a story going around where the via uh one of the visual effects guys is saying that it ant-man lacked because they were forced to put the budgets to other marvel films like wakanda forever and everything like that and i'm like i don't even think with any technology you guys would have made modok look genuine so yeah it's it's, you know, it's impossible that anyone that expected a life-changing iteration of modok on the big screen I, I i would like to know what is in their cup because <laughs> It's just not going to happen. If you're looking for a fun tale of Modoc, a Modoc TV series on Hulu is fantastic with Patton Oswald as Modoc. Oh, Patton Oswald is one of my favorites. It's it's not very true to. I mean, it's kind of true to the comics where he's an aim, but it's it's just it's ridiculous. It's not canon anyway. It's fun. <laughs> Back to Ant Man. Now, what are some things you did like about Ant Man? Well, let's see. Um, the humor's right on par. It, it felt like an Ant Man movie. Um, as much as I gripe about the CGI, it was pretty. It was very well done. I, I, you know, with Love and Thunder, it had its problems with CGI when you're like, some things look out of place. This, I feel like a lot of things didn't look out of place. Mm -hmm. So when that visual effects ours was like, you know, you know, they, we had to tone it down because, you know, that's why the visual looks so bad. And I was like, I don't think they looked that bad compared to other Marvel movies. Yeah, I, I actually like it when the CGI gets toned down a lot of the times. I feel like some of the times they go too far trying to show off the CGI tech they do have. Mm. Like, to me, one of the biggest beefs with all superhero movies, Marvel ones included, is how they had to write into the script that everybody has a nanotech helmet that they can flip on and off so they can just have the actor's face on screen so much more. Yeah. Because I, I would say in Ant-Man, you see somebody's mask go on or off no less than 40 or 50 times. Yeah, if you if you took a shot every time, you would be drunk within the probably first forty five minutes of it. And it's like we get it; we all know who the characters are. They can leave the mask on, or they just don't have it on to begin with, and leave it that way. But switching back and forth four or five times, and it it, it that part drives me drives me nuts. But like I said, it was very pretty. But when they start getting into a lot of the powers being used and 35 characters shooting lasers and all at one time, then it just looks like a cheesy 70s sci-fi movie because nothing quite matches up. But <laughs> I would even, say even, like even when, even when Modok was zapping people like that was very true to the comics, how it electrocutes them so you can see their skeletons for a second. But mm -hmm. then they just disappeared, and some of the characters even disappeared before their skeleton shot up. Like the timing is off, so you'd see laser person disappear, and then their skeleton zap onto the screen. You're like, "Come on, somebody in post had to notice that." You had right. like five thousand people on the credits. Somebody had to watch the movie afterwards. And be like, "Oh, oh, oh we missed that one." <laughs> I will say, I'm I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with Kang. I will say, 
my one letdown with this one as with uh, some of the other superhero movies is I get that he's one of billions of Kangs, right? But he went out like a little punk, dude, to some ants. Like, he's supposed to be this all-powerful thing. He just, you know, pushed back that rebellion. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of ants come in, and he can't handle those. And I was like, okay. My, my, retort, my retort's supposed to be they were really smart ants, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like that's they didn't even have the heroes really take him out. They had Modok have a change of heart and help the ants overthrow him. And I was just like, I was like, that was that was a very lackluster finale of of that version of Kang for me. Mm-hmm. I would have much preferred him to have gotten out and have the repercussions been more relevant to them. You know, I mean, yeah, Scott was like, oh, he said more was coming. Did I start something? Did I, you know, that type of thing where the crisis kind of kicked in. We don't don't, don't even know that he's gone because we thought the ants got him. And then he shows up in the movie five minutes later with his armor cracked and broken. Then he almost kills Ant-Man. And then he gets quantumized inside of the exploding reactor again. But as we know. Being shrunk doesn't kill anyone in the Ant-Man universe. They come back later every time. <laughs> My retort to that is the Kangs at the end said, oh, they killed him. You wish you would have been the one that killed him. So they know he's dead. But do they, though? They think he's dead. <laughs> he, sucked, he got sucked into the quantum realm again. I mean, they can you go further th- in the quantum realm? If you go by the physics of the Marvel's quantum world then yes there's worlds within worlds within worlds (laughs) i think maybe my main complaint is i'm tired of happy endings in superhero movies because that's not how they are in the comics you know i get that they want to oh feel good blah 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 i would have been fine if they would have kept scott in the quantum realm right and it ended that way because that's what i thought they're going to do i was like okay this is bold they're going to set up kang they're going to you know all this jazz but there's kind of like they kind of did hinted at the threat and then they're like Here's a nice, pretty bow, happy ending type of thing. When we know that that's not happy endings in all these, especially if they're setting up, I want another Infinity War cliffhanger where you're like, "What?" See, and I, I, I would go almost the exact opposite of that because so many of the recent superhero movies have the antithesis of superhero endings where everything's just awful and everybody's upset and nothing got solved and all you did was go through a whole movie to find out somebody else's even worse that's trying to do something else like what's the point of that so i kind of appreciated there was a happy ending per se but it was a happy ending. like oh it's everything's wait Uh oh (laughs) this isn't a happy ending whatever we'll worry about it later (laughs) overall i know we need to wrap things up here overall i would say out of the most recent marvel movies to come out this one's higher on my list than the other ones Mm mm-hmm for quality for story for just overall this because you know i think no way home was fantastic and then love and thunder was a letdown they just tried too hard with that one or i don't they maybe they didn't try at all i don't know um doctor strange was a letdown the more i think about it and everything like that i'm like yeah you know they they had so much potential with that one like i'm excited to see what they do with america chavez but they kind of wasted her in that movie. Just like you said, she was kind of just there. Mm. Uh, Wakanda forever. I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go with this. And I think that was a nice tie in, but it's, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I want to see more Kang. I want to see the threat more than just in the quantum realm. I'm excited to see where they're going to go with him because he's, uh, he would be potentially way worse than Thanos. So, mm -hmm. and he's, he's related to Dr. Doom. So maybe they can work that in there somewhere along the way. Like, yeah, the fantastic four movie was announced that they're working on it. So, yeah, I, I see. I, I would give Ant man. Like it's, it's, it was a middling Marvel movie that I enjoyed. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it on my list of bad movies, but it's not cracking my top 10 of great Marvel movies at all. It's not going to make one of the best ones ever, but I put it on the the end of, it was enjoyable. I watched it. I'd probably watch that one again someday. I mean, like it's mm -hmm. it's still there, but it's it seems like that middling review that we both seem to have about it is not the case. It seems the... The critics online, it's either love it or hate it, and I feel like it's what you come back to review bombing or trying to pad something up. Nobody can just come in and say, oh, yeah, it was all right. It has to be the worst movie ever made, or it has to be the greatest addition to the Marvel Universe you've ever seen. It can't be like, eh, it was all right. <laughs> I do think that maybe they need to take a step back, and I'd be fine waiting a few years for something of quality where you leave the theater and you're like, wow. You know, like how we used to feel when we left some of the other one. I mean, granted, you know, you know, some of the earlier Marvel movies are, again, not. Oh, but I mean, I remember when I left Ragnarok, you know, I was like, wow, that was a great movie. Mm -hmm. Leaving No Way Home. That was an amazing movie. Right. But now it's just kind of like. You guys are just trying to pump out movies. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But at the same time. Yes, take a step back. A little, little cohesion to the stories all we're asking for. Yeah, I'm not saying we're gonna boycott Marvel movies. I just, I just, I just would like a few less ones if they're better. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I and like I said, I still enjoyed. I I enjoy the whole Ant Man franchise partially because it is a little jovial, a little more tongue in cheek than some of the other ones because yeah. it, it didn't take itself too seriously and. It had some two of my favorite quotes of the summer so far, because uh, I have holes. I'm sure is going to come into my shouting mouth at some point, and the advice that his daughter gives to Modok that it's never too late to stop being a bleep. That was that was that was a solid movie moment. <laughs> yeah, there was like there like you said, there was a lot of good one-liners, and I will say, um, I'll leave you with this: the old man at the coffee shop. When he said, bye, Spider-Man, that was him genuinely forgetting who he was talking to. Like, that's the that's a legit blooper that they just kept in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, let us know we'll what you think. With that. Hit us up at Get Geekish, all the social media channels. Chime in your thoughts on what you thought of Ant-Man. Loved it, hate it. Eh, it's all right. Let us know. At Get Geekish, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. I'm looking forward to see what's coming next from Marvel we hope, fingers crossed. What is that? Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm -hmm. Is that the next one? Yeah, the previews make it look good. Previews made Love and Thunder look amazing, too. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week.